slowly but surely the ever-improving Rabbi Patrick podcast, and this is episode six, What You Need to Know in Order to Be Jewish. It's sounding a heck of a lot better than it used to, and that's because of your support. So I've raised some money through uh, GoFundMe, and I'm really excited about that, and that's helping to improve the audio quality of the podcast. It's getting a little bit sort of techier, fancier, which on one hand is really cool, and then uh, in some other ways it kind of freaks me out because I don't uh, just have my cell phone in front of me and all of that cool stuff. I'm actually doing this on a computer. It's not the computer I should be using, but it is a computer. Uh, So slowly but surely, we're going to have an awesome podcast. And hey, that's because of Emily and Sarah and Jeff and Yesrol, who all donated, and uh, everyone who's being super supportive online. So thank you so much for making this podcast possible. I really appreciate it. And if you've given $100 or more, you get to have an episode dedicated to any subject that you want. So please let me know what subject you would be interested in, what kind of topics you want me to cover, and we'll make it happen. So for this episode, I want to talk about what you need to know in order to be Jewish. So what do you have to know in order to practice Judaism in some way that you think of as authentic? This is true for people who convert to Judaism who feel like they'll never know enough. And it's also true of people who were born into Judaism who feel like they were never taught enough. So let's talk about my friend David. So my friend David is a rabbi. We've got a lot of friends that are rabbis. And when we were trying to come up with what the Darshan Yeshiva Conversion to Judaism program would have as content, uh, I was very nervous about not having enough. Uh, I was uh, a new rabbi. I was really worried that people would judge the program and say that uh, it wasn't stringent enough, that uh, the knowledge wasn't deep enough, that it was too lax in some way or another. So I made the program really, really hard. Um, and so David, uh, you know, reads the program, he watches the videos, and he says, Patrick, you've got to focus on two things life cycle and holidays. And holidays includes Shabbat. So life cycle and holidays. And I thought, no, 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 it's got to be harder than that. So I put in the history and we did text and we did all these other things. He said, no, you're wrong. It's life cycle and holidays. Let them learn everything else later. Life cycle and holidays. And I didn't truly learn to appreciate what... Uh, Rabbi David Hartley Mark, who writes for um, One Shul, he writes the Devar Torah every week. I didn't really appreciate what he was saying until I started thinking about this question of, well, what do you need to know in order to be Jewish? I actually get asked this question a lot. It's amazing how the things that are right in front of us are often the things we miss the most. So what do you need to know? Well, Rabbi Mark, Rabbi David Hartley Mark is right. It's all about life cycle and holidays. Why? Well, because within life cycle, holidays, and holidays including Shabbat, you really are getting the essence of everything that's in Judaism. So let's start with Shabbat. Let's take that as a holiday. And let's see how far we can go in terms of Jewish learning into Shabbat. So we have this thing called Shabbat, and uh, it is the day of rest. Okay, well, but what does that mean? What does it mean to rest? 
And that's when you get into the Talmud. So the Talmud talks about what is rest and what is work. Well, where do we come up with that? The idea of work comes from all of the things that were done to build uh, the temple. So that's a, a huge collection of different uh, types of work, and it includes tearing, uh, filtering, uh, uh, fire, creating fire, all of these other things that went into the creation of the temple. So how are you going to learn about those different things? Well, you're going to have to read uh, the Bible, and that's going to help you understand where uh, those different categories of work were extracted from. And then you're going to have to understand how those things were interpreted within the Talmud. And you're going to have to understand you know, what the Talmud even is or what the Bible even is. And so then, let's say we get past the text part. We now have to actually do something on Shabbat uh, or refrain from doing something on Shabbat. So uh, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to get together in a synagogue and we're going to have a service. So now we have liturgy. We have th we have prayers. We have texts that are read. We have songs that are sung. Um, because we have Shabbat restrictions, uh, we have only certain kinds of foods we are allowed to eat, or we have certain foods that we are required to eat. So where does that come from? Uh, eventually, Shabbat is going to be over, so we have to have a ceremony called Havdalah, which separates uh, the sacred time of Shabbat from the secular time of uh, the work week. And so then we have yet another ritual that goes into that, and that's more liturgy and more activity. So this one thing, this 26-hour period, this Shabbat, this rest, has built into it text, ritual, community, language, liturgy, song, food, culture, all into one thing. And all you have to do is just hang out. That's literally what Shabbat is. It means to rest. That's it. But within resting, within just sitting there, you have everything within Judaism, including the creation of the world, by the way, because God rested. God had Shabbat. This is true of other holidays, of Chagim. So we have these different holidays, Pesach, um, Hanukkah, uh, Purim, all of these holidays. And within these holidays, we have the story of how the holiday came about. So we have uh, either something from Jewish history uh, in, a, in a more secular sense, or we have something from Jewish history in a biblical sense or an extra-biblical sense. So we have to learn about where those holidays came from. Uh, ritual is a reenactment of myth. So things like uh, dressing in uh, outfits, costumes on Purim, right? That's a way of living the Purim story. Um, different kinds of customs come out of the observance of holidays in and of themselves. So Shavuot, which uh, is a holiday where people have a custom um, in the Ashkenazi community of eating uh, dairy products, so ice cream and cheesecake and things like that. So you have, uh, although, you know, nowhere does it say thou shalt eat cheesecake on Shavuot, um, Nonetheless, you have a custom that developed over time within Eastern Europe. So now you have this thing that you do, and you can talk about that. Uh, everything, right? All in holidays. Pesach, 
Passover. There's a Passover Seder. There's uh, Exodus. There's the story of us leaving Egypt, Mithraim, right? And we have the idea of matzah. And, but it's more than that, right? So we have the Seder, which is a reenactment of the myth. But the Seder is actually new relative to the story of Exodus. So, again, more and more things that you can learn just from hanging out at a dining table. So then we have life cycle. Weddings. What do you do at a Jewish wedding? More and more reenactments of myth stories, more and more rituals, more ways of connecting to story, more and more ways of connecting to God through ritual, through story. Bar and bat mitzvah, it's another life cycle point. What do we do there? The reading of a Torah by a bar and bat mitzvah. Weddings, or excuse me, um, uh, baby namings. Brit milah, simchat bat, if you're more egalitarian. Again, more and more and more very compact moments of Judaism within which there is just a whole universe of things that you can learn. The best way to learn what you need in order to be Jewish is to show up. That's what you need. In order to be Jewish, you need to show up. And if you show up, you may discover that there's a lot of things for you to, to learn. You may be ahead or behind, depending on what the situation looks like for you, uh, but you're going to learn a heck of a lot more in that setting than you are reading a book academically. It's very, very important that you show up, that you find your place in the Jewish world. So Shabbat, Chagim, Life Cycle, these are like the ultimate cheat sheets. You can learn a little bit of Torah, a little bit of Talmud, a little bit of secular Jewish history, of Jewish culture, Sephardi, Ashkenazi, Mizrahi, uh, Ethiopian Jews, uh, Jews of Latin America, whatever the case may be. So you can gain a lot from these really wonderful moments, which just independent of Jewish learning are fantastic. It's great to be with people. Right? How glorious, beautiful it is, how wonderful it is for, uh, for friends, for brothers uh, to sit together. Right? That's Hine Matov. So when you're thinking about what you need to know, what you need to know is that you matter and that you need to show up. Another thing we're thinking about is Minhag Hamakom. This means the custom of the place. And I've talked about this in previous podcasts about what to do when you show up at a synagogue. If you go to a classical reform synagogue and you say Baruch Hashem, they're probably going to be very confused. Minhag HaMakom, you would say Shabbat Shalom, Good Shabbos, maybe, uh, or <laughs> Wonderful Sabbath, depending on how classical you're getting, right? Whereas if you go to, um, you know, Chabad Lubavitch, and you say, good Sabbath unto you, probably will confuse some people. You need to know what the customs of your place are. If you're going into a conservative synagogue, you need to know what the customs are. If you are going into a reform synagogue, if you're going into an orthodox neighborhood, if you're just hanging up, hanging out in the you know upper west side of Manhattan, that's a different kind of Jewishness. Uh, but you need to know the customs of the place. It's not about fitting in in sort of a fake-it-till-you-make-it kind of way. It's really just about understanding who those people are that you're surrounding yourself with, 
What are they about? What matters to them? What is their history? And if you can live through them, if you live through their history, then you will know a lot Jewishly without having ever studied anything. So let's talk about Hebrew. Hebrew is the thing that everyone thinks they want to learn, and then they try, and then they don't. So you pick up a few words here and there. The truth of the matter is, God speaks all languages. Um, don't worry about learning Hebrew. I think it's worth at least dipping your toes in, um, but to do it in a very practical way. Conversational Hebrew is going to be meaningless to you unless you want to go to Israel. Um, and even then, in Israel, people speak English. Anyone under 50 speaks English, and they also speak Arabic, which is a whole other, <laughs> a whole other podcast episode. Um, but uh, don't worry about that. If you want to learn Hebrew, you're learning it for uh, educational reasons or for liturgical reasons. So one is to comprehend text in the original language. The other is to be able to daven in Hebrew. But the reality is, if you go into a lot of synagogues, a lot of people just know things by rote. Uh, you know, they know songs from their childhood or whatever the case may be. You aren't born with an instinctive knowledge of language. It's something that develops over time. So these songs that people sing on Shabbat and on holidays and, uh, and, and during a, a morning minion or an evening minion, whatever the case may be. These are things that for a lot of people are just rote. They're things that come from their childhood. People, they don't necessarily look at a siddur and see, you know, Aleph Bet, Gimel Dalet Hey, and know that that's the uh, Aleph Bet, right? It just, it looks like ants running across a page. But they know, Yedid Nefesh of Harachaman. You know, you know it because you've heard it a, a zillion times. So don't worry about Hebrew. Now, Hebrew is important. I think it's important. Matter of fact, I have an on-again, off-again conversation with someone via email who is convinced that Hebrew is just the worst thing ever <laughs> and that it's just not necessary to Jewish life. And we, we kind of have this banter back and forth about that. I don't feel that way. Um, but some people, they feel like Hebrew is such an insurmountable thing that they just could never, ever cross that uh, you know, bridge or whatever the case. And uh, so they really, like, they actually debate converting off of this. <laughs> and that's just not, it's not necessary. There's transliteration if you need it. You can work it out, trust me. Hebrew is not your foe, it's your friend. So, yes, we are the people of the book, but I also think that we could be the people of movies, music, and YouTube videos. These are actually really great ways, I think, to learn Jewishly. Um, watch Israeli TV shows, and, and they're subtitled, right? Watch Israeli film. Um, you know, watch American-made Jewish film. Uh, watch documentaries. Go on YouTube. We have on the Punctura page, uh, Punctura YouTube page, something like 800 YouTube videos. I mean, it's crazy how many YouTube videos we have at this point. So uh, use that. Go for it. Um, you know, books. Books are great. Sure. Uh, find other ways. Go on Darshan Yeshiva. Find some podcasts. Learn that way. And just as a last thing, you're never going to know enough. Never. You are never going to know enough. I'm a rabbi. I don't know enough. You always have to keep learning. So, min hakamakom.
wherever you are, learn how to be there. Shabbat, holidays, life cycle are the ultimate cheat sheet. Just show up. You'll start to learn things that way. Don't worry about Hebrew. Stick your toes in the lake of Hebrew, but don't feel like you need to drown in it. Uh, movies, music, podcasts, other ways of learning. Books are great. Other things are just as great. And remember that you will never, ever, ever, ever know enough. So in the next episode, we're going to talk about the big three. Circumcision, ouch, Bet Din, and Mikvah, plus picking a Jewish name. Thanks a lot. Thank <music> you.